the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 30 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast. And I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's before the fight, as I am recording this on Wednesday night, early Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon. The sun is still bright and shining here in Las Vegas for UFC Vegas 30, UFC Fight Night 190, UFC Volkov versus Gone, 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 I don't know, maybe it's Gone versus Volkov, I don't know. We'll see, check the timestamps as per usual when that starts, and if you're in a rush, although I'm giving you a lot of time, this shouldn't be that long of an episode, you can always, as per usual on these breakdown shows, skip to the very end as I recap my picks and plays for you to, uh, you know, either expedite and or uh, just refresh. It's something that I like, would like, you know, when I listen to podcasts, I forget sometimes on the picks or this or that or, or, or you know, uh, it, it, when they do list top fives, I like the recap of the list, you know, it's a nice... It's a nice, it's a nice thing there. So I try to do that for you guys. Check the timestamps as per usual. Uh, just some, you know, quick notes off the top. Uh, no Amazon reads. Uh, I'm gonna save those for next week. Uh, let those build up. Which of course, if you know, support this free show as per usual. Running almost five years strong. Uh, gonna try to hit 300 episodes by the end of the year for five years and you do that math it's been over the one week that i promised you per week well over that however i cannot claim the consistency of other shows like you know the the mma road shows the mma junkie radios uh, of the world shouts to them obviously my colleagues there but um you know uh, i i do i do my best to deliver and if you'd like to support the show uh mixedmarshallanalyst.com for click-throughs on, on and Amazon. I know corporations, especially certain ones, not the most uh, best to, uh, you know, shop through. And by, by the way, on it, I, I go through you guys through hemp, and now there's no hemp, hemp pills. I still like the plump, the plant-based proteins and the protein bar, little protein bars there. Uh, if you do click through the on it link, or if you shop through Amazon, which unfortunately we all do more than we like to admit, you click through the link over on the right, toggle if it's to your right, if you're on a mobile device, mobile, uh, you know, uh, uh, over at mixedmarshallanalyst.com uh, you click through the link and you just do your shopping no extra cost to you small percentage of your sales gets get kicked back to this free show and if you do feel so generous someone asked me for like a PayPal or this or some kind of thing a, a Venmo which I didn't have but um, I do have a PayPal link to mixedmarshallanalyst.com too if you ever want to tip or donate to the show straight up Probably don't advertise that stuff as much as I should, but I'm not a great salesman, nor do I really feel like I deserve it with my results and, you know, with the craziness uh, of the show uh, or of, of, of my life, my life. Uh, <laughs> not that it's bad. Everything's great. I'm very grateful. But, you know, it's, just been, it's, been, it's been chaotic, to be fair, uh, as it is for everybody I know, but just people that know the story, which I won't go into pre, post, and during, whatever, how you want to ever want to label it. Um, Pandemic aside, just been dealing with a lot. Technically, it's actually my week off, and I'm not supposed to be here today at the risk of sounding like Dante from Clerks. 
but uh, yeah, I, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm happy to be here is the point. Uh, though, do not be alarmed if you don't see the as per usual. Because, again, I've more than made up for it. But, you know, i gotta take I got to take some time off. Or, you know, even though I'm not ever really taking time off. And you work for yourself. All not complaining. Anybody for the other mic, you do that hustle. You know what it's like. Uh, so, um, not complaining. Preaching to the choir, if anything. But uh, you don't really take days off. But, uh, you know, hey, I'm pretty consistent over there at MMAJunkie.com. So, don't threat if for the very few weeks you don't see my byline up there. Uh, and I am working on some stuff uh, on the side, aside there with, uh, speaking of Roadshow, my man, MMA junkie, uh, John Morgan there. And, uh, hey, sh- uh, birthday shouts, as I just tweeted out there to uh, Ken Hathaway, co-host of that there show. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, oh, have some more shouts coming. Uh, real quick, though, we'll get them out of the way. Don't worry, folks. This isn't going to be a super long episode, especially with the week off, but... If it's anything like my last week off, um, these shows will, again, as it comes early to you, check. And we'll see if we can check that other box, which is I seem to have done better, uh, even though I barely researched on these off weeks, right, uh, compared to my no- not even normal research, because I haven't been, but, you know, still shortened, but more. So uh, irony included there that, you know, you do better when you don't try. Isn't that how it is with the ladies? I don't know. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do some uh, recap as I swig a water of UFC and ESPN 25. Maybe briefly brush the PFL Bellator since I'm actually getting this recorded ahead of it. But really, we're going to be focusing on <clears throat> UFC Vegas 30. And I actually do have plays. Again, despite it being an off week, there's plays, movement to watch, props to watch when they drop. Because, again, usually S is dropped, shit is dropped. Why am I, like, holding it back like I'm on radio? radio? Uh, But I'm doing it early on Wednesday here, so it uh, has not. So, yeah. Let's uh, let's get to it. Um, Oh, yeah, but just update aside from the day off. Yeah, with the craziness, yada, yada. Um, Not complaining. But, yeah, uh, dog stuff, too. I know people have been asking and whatnot. Dogs are good. Um... No fights since we got back, but uh, or we got actually there was one since we got back, um, and yeah, um, Ben got sliced and he stitched up, my poor boy, and uh, it was on the day right before Brownie went to her training, which the trainer, new trainer, is great, and I'm actually already seeing massive improvements in Brownie with the training, um, but unfortunately these incidents and Ben's my number one guy, my number one. Bob, you're my number one guy. All right, anybody besides uh, Danny Mahoney listening can uh, <laughs> can reply if they, they know that movie. Um, <clears throat> as much as I love Brownie, Ben is first, and we got Brownie, not just for my mom, but also for Ben, so he can live out the rest of his life happily with some company. But if there's territorial stuff that is um, in the dog world at play, they're not driving. You know, sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles for people, though. Dog aren't like people. Sometimes when the dog matures or when one dog enters into being elderly and old, which right now we're actually simultaneously having both. So, again, a lot of on-paper things working against us regardless of how loving, uh, how much how much love is in this household. Um, you know, sometimes things work against you, and, and that seems to be it. Aside from my mother being the common thread, they never do it around me. Um, so we're just limiting things, watching for things, really getting focused on Brownie, uh, which is good. It's getting me more better in my routine. 
uh, getting me better about walks, although you really can't walk much in this 100-degree weather. You're having to do it really at night or early in the morning. Quick, short ones at that. Um, and Brownie is Brownie Bane over here. Let's just say that. Uh, don't don't come at me. Animal cruelty stuff. Very loving and compassionate to animals. And uh, although I'm not a fan of these things, they may feel bad to look. We, we did it the right way. There's a positive association instilled. She's... she's only wearing it for maybe a third of the day, if that. Um, so it's not like she's always wearing it or anything. She's not the the, the, the man in the iron mask here. Um, just understand when dogs are going through certain training, um, and it's usually because they've gotten fresh with either dogs or people. And with those situations, that's enough for either the people or the places people drop them off them to have these dogs euthanized. Um, knowingly, intentionally, or even unwittingly, right? Because they can just drop it off at the wrong place to kill shelter. Um, or, you know, even if not, you say those certain things that the places don't want liability. So you really be really careful. So now, instead of questioning or looking at someone like they're cruel, um, if I see someone have, has one of their dog's muzzle, it's, it's probably because they care and they're trying. They're, they're, they're trying. Uh, but at a certain point, you don't want the dog to train you. You have to be training the dog. So we're doing that because um, the stuff that has happened, it's my fault. I'm taking the blame. Uh, but I'm also taking the accountability and responsibility um, and not that I wasn't before. Again, y'all know I, I to my between the pandemic and getting you know uh, gypped and jived uh, by past trainers. You know it wasn't my fault, but uh, you know legitimately wasn't. That being you know I, I legitimately made efforts. But that being said, I, I still hold myself accountable. And regardless if we can find Brownie a fostered home or not, because she is great and fantastic with people, the best cuddler in the world. Great, uh, you know, not great on walks because um, right now I'm she's you know. We're changing up our lease situation because, uh, you know, speaking of cruelty, I'm using one of those easy walk harness, and I, I realize that they're bad for dog shoulders, and I'm actually doing damage to them. So, uh, adjusting, uh, we got to do a slip lead for just for training for right now for her, and um, and uh, until we find a better uh, suitable collar. Anybody has any recommendations on for big dog collars for walking that don't hurt their shoulders or any of those cool harnesses? You know those camo ones, like I'm gonna go raid something, but it doesn't hurt their you know, it makes it easier for the walk. They're they're practical. Y'all hit me up at Dan Tom MMA. Uh, feel free to follow the podcast where we don't talk about dog issues. At the PYM podcast, won't flood your feed. Appreciate that. Um, but yeah, that's just the dog situation. So it breaks my heart right now um, because I, you know I don't want to think about her having another home. But uh, I just got to take the steps to make sure she gets her proper training. And um, if it involves fostering and we've already taken steps steps toward that putting her name you know put it putting it out there um we may have to do that so you know it, it's a different kind of heartbreak you know um parting with a dog on these terms as opposed to which i've had to deal with too which is not fun you know shouts to my honey girl my retriever you know having to put down a dog and i know those of you who have had to deal with that not fun and uh but that is my dog situation um Man, speaking of that, I'd be ignorant or remiss to, to, to not shout out, of course, Max, uh, the Jack Russell Terrier of uh, 17, almost made it to 18, and my co-host, George and Ghost, MMA Junkie Radio, who I shouted earlier. Um, you know, that dog, anybody knows, was a mascot, not just from the, the, the billboard. It was a real dog, folks, and, and, uh, and a really sweet one. It was uh, Don't Tell George and Ghost was my favorite part about going over to their house for fight nights. Um, and I was there back when the day when Jackie was around, too. Um 
I can't remember. I might Jackie might have won me over then, although Max seemed pretty alpha. I feel like he demands the belly rubs, and he spotted me because he's smart for a sucker. And uh, I would always give him belly rubs. So I know this is a very dog-heavy podcast, but uh, as you've seen, uh, whether it's people I know really well and friends with have met these dogs, like Max or other people online, um, you know, Dan Tom will be up in the mentions randomly if somebody, or in the DMs, if somebody loses an animal, that stuff's a very soft spot for me. Um, So as someone who's met Max, as someone who's been lucky enough to meet Max, lucky enough to... Um, receive some of the you know king treatment that uh, and see some of that king treatment that Max and, and the Garcias give to everybody as hospital hosts and homeowners and friends and humble human beings they are. Um, man, that one hit that one hit home and uh, my hearts go out to George and goes and May Junkie Radio. Uh, Max may Max live on as the mascot and the memories the many he touched. So those of you dog people, hopefully you can forgive me for that. Um, but uh, but yeah. A lot of dog emotions going on, a lot of movement in the dog world, which personally I care more about than the uh, call, MMA call-out world, much less the crossover call-out world, which I will, that is as much as <laughs> I will talk about that. Um, so, you know, talking about the real real. So I just wanted to shout out those, you know, the good peeps. Hey, shout out to Billy Welks. I think he tagged me on something, MMA journalist. I'm not a journalist, nor do I consider myself one, but I appreciate the love from, from other podcasters like Billy Welks. Shout out to MMA on the Rocks. And last shout out to the, uh, well, you, you know, uh, well, last of two shout outs, MMA Analysis Podcast going to be on there. Uh, I think I'm going to be on there tomorrow. Um, you know, we're adults with lives, man. I'm not the only podcast that has trouble sitting down, you know, getting together, right? Uh, I'm acting like, if, you know, it's like drama Dan Tom. It's not the case. Everybody's got stuff going on. And uh, I know I tried to bail out the MMA analysis podcast, not bail them out, but like help them out when they ask, I should say. Um, they don't name my ass, but like, you know, for hosts before. So, uh, hey, man, I ain't got anything going on. I'd be lying uh, at that part of the night, and it's a party over there. So uh, they do it live and on YouTube. So give them some love. Come see me over there um, and go check them out. Also, shout out to the YouTube commenters, not just for the positive, but even for the critical and the criticism. I don't even know if it's critical or criticism. It's fair what it is. It's right um, about audio. I'm trying to work on that, folks. For Mainly for guest shows, I get the compliment on the top five shows what this person gave, so more than happy to accept just criticism. So more, more uh, and, 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 and I wrote it down twice, almost going to be thrice here as I jolted up the queue of my many to-dos like the stitchers and sound clouds of the world but no even before those i do got to figure out these audios i'm going to be hitting you guys up with some top five shows coming up real soon on the off week so don't worry whether it's my off week as i use that in air quotes because as you all know we don't get those but uh or you know the very UFC off week I try to be here for you here so um but yeah uh anyways um yeah, sorry if I ran long or repeated because uh, I, I did a two record because I was afraid to run long with the dog stuff. But I just can't avoid it, man. It's it's important to me. It's important to people I know because they got their own stuff. And it's important to all the crossover of people listening, man. It's, it's uh, you know, it's good stuff. Um, you know, it's an important thing. It's an important thing, I should say. Uh, phrasing. Uh, but yeah, uh, shout outs to all you guys. I'm going to work on the audio uh, and things and uh, just I'm, I'm happy to be here despite all the <laughs> all the uh, problems real and not real, important and not important, small to big. Um, Amazon Reads will skip those. We'll let those build up. But again, MixedMartialAnalyst.com if you want to click through or uh, support the show. PayPal links on it. Amazon. Bellator 261 is going down as I'm going to alright, uh, we're going to recap. Sorry, USC and ESPN 25 recap, uh, 15 minutes in, roughly. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, we're gonna do that. Uh, we went out seven and five overall in picks, which sadly seem to be about the average these days. Uh, one and two in straight plays, zero oh and one in props. So yeah, not good, I would say. Um, you know, biased off the top, which is uh, you know, and I'm really bad. Again, you can see why I, I gotta stop doing unders because as much as I make fun of the unders. Uh, you know, uh, or not make fun, but like steer away from the unders. And, you know, I know it's a betting trend, uh, that, and, you know, of, of many, but like, man, do I, I'm going to, I'm going to be jinxing it for my, for, for my people out there in betting MMA world. Cause I cannot hit any of these unders save my life. I'm like, okay, I just justify why I don't play these things. I'm an over guy. We, we've learned this. So yeah, the under and the Jung Yige. Uh, did not hit. Um, Jung uh, beat Ige unanimous decision. Again, even though I was biased, I did say my video breakdown on here, etc. written that uh, Jung would be the. Uh, don't be surprised that Jung uh, to play out as the better wrestler and transitional and submission grappler, which was uh, the truth. But it was also one of those things where Ige quietly did really did well. I don't think his stock went down too hard. Um, I liked his attitude in between rounds uh, toward the end with help from Eric Nixick. Like I like that Eric didn't wait till like the the I know I'm biased toward Eric, but like regardless, how many times do we see corners wait till the third round or the fifth round if it's a five round fight? Okay, you know where they're clearly losing. Like he got ahead of it and was like, "Yo, ten minutes, we got to," and kind of gave that last round speech in the second to last round in a five round fight, which I thought was really just on point and for whatever reason not done enough simple it sounds i know but it's that was really awesome from eric um Ige responded in kind did much better in those rounds once he got loose you know i don't know uh, if it was just he needed to get loose and almost fights better tired now at this point of his career uh, where that strength and conditioning really came in or you know and justfully so he counters god dang hard uh, the korean zombie uh, got scared off from some counters, you know, in that sense. And I don't mean scared as in a you know, derogative term, but you guys, you guys you know what I mean, with all respect. But, like, you know, if, if certain things, you know, uh, he really didn't like the way it feels, only Ige knows he is the guy that's in there, right? So, um, yeah, uh, So, but, but still played out closer than expected. Um, I'm sorry if my scorecard live is all over the place. I'm so used to not watching these live anymore that, like, even when I am, because I'm prior to this stretch, like uh, I was already just so like institutionalized. Uh, I I, I want to pause it, like when I go to the bathroom when I'm watching fights, because I'm I'm so used to watching fight. And by the way, you know, a lot of people, fractionally depending on your beat, you probably watch a lot more old footage than live footage, depending on what your beat or what your what your goals are, right? Um, if you're a gambler, so on and so forth, how serious you take it, etc. So I'm not the only one here, but I'm just saying the point is uh, I get institutionalized from that. And I forget that I'm watching things live. And then when you get distracted when you're doing your, you know, uh, research, it's fine because you can rewind, right? And you almost get used to being pulled away from distractions. And with everything I got going on, I'm getting distracted a lot. And yet I'm still also on live watch mode. So I, I'm submitting scores and I'm like, Dan, you missed like almost two minutes of that round. Uh, and then you see people that I respect with clearly different takes. You're like, hmm, I wonder who missed something here, dummy. So uh, that's why I had to renege some of my scorecards there and i've just been giving them a lot less if you notice um despite you know uh, the broadcast i get you know many point out oh the broadcast give you like that's great i'm very appreciative of that i'm not sure why um but because of that i feel a responsibility uh, even even if that wasn't the case i would still feel the responsibility i should say um yeah to try to tweet out you know somewhat coherent shit so <laughs> i don't i definitely don't need to ask add to the misinformation that's already strong with the narrative out there. Um, so, yeah. 
So good on Jung. Um, Ige, you know, I don't, again, I don't think his stock bounces down. Uh, Sergey Spivak fighting tooth and nail for that ice fishing hole, but you know, if you want to apply the the Nick, the, the Diaz brother logic, uh, Alexi Olnik would have won, won this fight. You know, uh, Pride rules or Pride first round, he would have uh, sealed it because he gets to the finishing position and end the first two rounds, uh, but not enough to win the rounds. Though, you know, again, if you wanted to overvalue that, you could do it. But even me, somebody who could be accused of overvaluing that, although I'm just trying to re-correct the steering wheel toward the middle of the overcorrection away from grappling, even I, and as well as the bias of betting and picking Olenek still, um, was not surprised, nor did I have issue with the 29-28 um, speedback scorecard. So, yeah, um, that one was dead in the water. Marlon Vera defeated... Uh, Davey Grant there, he just, oh God, took a lot of bones in there, you see my stitches in my face. Davey, why should you do that to your poor fucking kids and you post that picture? Oh my God, I hope you heal up, sir. Bravo to you. I'm glad you got a bonus. I hope you got even more money than that bonus, Davey. You deserve that and more. Fun fighter to root for. I'm glad you guys have loved my uh, Davey Grant impressions, even though, you know, I don't sound like that. I just, uh, I'll come here to fight. <laughs> but I gotta make him sound like this, don't I? Yeah. All right, but uh, but yeah, um, it was Marlon Bear that gave him the uh, skin and bones Jones uh treatment with those freaking elbows, man. Um, yeah, I'm glad to see some ten eights in there as well, because uh, I believe I mixed them in. Sungwoo Choi defeated uh, you know, Ferris Bueller's day off uh, best friend Cameron there, Julian Arosa via TKO round one. That was the thing uh, that could happen, and um, I, I still picked and played Arosa anyways. Though part of me, as I the tweet, you know, I tweeted out before, this you know feels like a guy that could really come out to is coming into his own here, and sure enough, he did. He came. Don't say that, Dan. He he, he got him in the face. <laughs> Hope Arosa is okay. Uh, but Chung Sung Woo Choi, man, good on him. Was favored for a reason. Bruno Silva defeated Wellington Terman. Um, yeah, that grounded pound. Oof, Terman. Young guy getting killed like that, despite looking like a unit. Always scary. Um, but yeah, Bruno takes it. Um, hey, this went out very, even though I was seeing elbow against the fence. Uh, still, by KO, second round, I believe I called Matt Brown. Matt Brown. Matt Brown go defeat Dave Lima. That's the game we play, man. Uh, <laughs> King of Ohio, baby. Matt Brown. Uh, I didn't feel good. Uh, not bad fucking 40. Uh, you know, doing it for the old guys, man, which I appreciate. You know, Matt Brown with that fucking tribal sun tattoo, which is like, you know, every bit of the 90s, right? <laughs> like he needs a chick with like some bad, really bad fake boobs and a barbed wire tattoo. Dan, why you got to come at Pam Anderson like that? I'm just saying, you know? I mean, like that is just... Matt Brown, just not letting it die, baby. Cash and plus money tickets on the way. I uh, hope Diego Lima is okay, but, uh, yeah, you know, again, if you can't finish, like I was saying, at a certain point, you get in trouble if you're against a finisher, especially in that small cage. You really got to walk a fine line. You want to fight technical or, or rely on some attritional stuff. Um, so, yeah, uh, happy with that call as it is probably the only call I got right on paper. At least, at least on my bets on paper that I can take credit for for the per the podcast. Uh, Nikolai uh, Nigu Nerimianu, 
Negu Mariano uh, defeated Alexa Kamer. Jeez. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, no problem with that. Not sure why it was a split. I thought it was Yunnan uh, again. I picked Kamer, but no, that, that line was stupid. That was Dogger Pass all over it. Verna uh, Janji Jiroba uh, defeated Kanako Marata. Defeated Doctor Stoppage. Uh, yeah, don't disagree. The fact that I even had to do a tweet explaining whether that was even a question, uh, it was pretty clear. Thankfully, Jenny Droba didn't just slam slam kicks because, uh, you know, no one was uh, rushing to stop that thing, apparently. Um, but uh, hindsight, you know, anyone that played Verna, cash them tickets. Hey, Chaos Williams defeated Simmelsberger. Fantasy Fight League. Uh, yeah, stuck with my Chaos Williams pick reluctantly, but, but he showed some. I, I really like the volume. Uh, the gas tank, and even though he was swinging wild, uh, which, you know, at certain points, really swinging from the hips at certain points, you can get him countered, you can pay for it. Uh, per tweet, uh, I was interacting with uh, uh, Paul there. Uh, I'm going to pronounce his last name and, and slaughter it. Got too much respect for the guy. Um, but Paul and CJ over there, they got a good podcast, right? Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, so I, I, I agreed with his tweet, but uh, I did like what his corner was saying, though. The reason why I bring that up because uh, his corner was, um, you know, wanting him to, uh, was giving him some nice direction in the corner as far as tightening up, uh, letting him know when the counter, when he was leaning off the feints, when to lean heavier into the feints. So uh, there's some underrated uh, smartness both in Williams and his corner, and I think they're products of each other. So um, definitely a guy that's going to be hard to, even if you pick against him, uh, going to be hard to write off. Still, still some improvements coming, I think, Williams' way. Uh, so we'll see, but we'll see. Nothing to be too confident on. Chaos, uh, or Josh Parisian, or shots my man Brad, one of my favorite nicknames, Carvo Parisian, the Parisian brother, misplaced in the Midwest there. Uh, defeated Roki Martinez, even though it seemed like Roki Martinez did the more harder damaging shots. I understand that most of that came in round one, but, you know, split decision. Parisian gets it. Um, I picked him, so I'll take it. Um... Chakim Silva, oh, oh boy, this I didn't see this coming. Wow, I mean Ricky Glenn, <laughs> these aren't kids; these are drug peddling midgets. What's your name, Ricky? Uh, <laughs> every time I hear the name Ricky, I think of that. Uh, and Ricky sounds like the guy that like, does some like shit. Oh, Ricky Glenn going to do some shit, you know, like in some like Midwest town and does some crazy shit. Mickey Wet, Ricky Glenn from the Midwest did some crazy shit, all right. So, fucking. Hats off to Ricky Glenn. We'll we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it in the in the breakdown when we get to Tim Means as well. But it's like, uh, you know, Matt Brown, Ricky Glenn. It's like I I don't know what it is. It's 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 I don't know if it's a mask anger, but the scra- the skinny white. It's, it is the era of the skinny white dudes, scrappy skinny white dudes. They are they are killing it right now, folks. And I'm all about it. You know, good good on you guys. <laughs> Just kidding, kidding. By the way, I'm not I'm not not coming out or making us. I'm just, just, just having fun here, folks. Relax. <laughs> it's more than white guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Uh, it's like the Brad Fitt and Fight Club, you know? Skinny guys will fight to their burger. And uh, I feel like they're coming out post-pandemic. and the sk- <laughs> It's going to be their day, baby. All right. So uh, good on Ricky Glenn. Good on anybody who cashed that. And uh, we'll get to more of that talk later because I'm, uh, I'm all about I'm, I'm on that train, baby. <laughs> Casey O'Neill defeated... Uh, Laura Procopio uh, submitted the BJJ black belt. She was talking about stomach issues, and I'm like, oh, please don't shit. Please don't shit. Please don't shit. Please. I think that's my thought. I don't know if it's like still that 
you know, uh, Felice Herrick, uh, Justine Keish fight still burned to my Merrick, um, you know, um, but like when fighters say, you know, Kiesa was worried about shit in his pants and luckily he was the one that got the RNC and got out of there early because he was like, uh, Kiesa was like, if, if it was the other way around, he was like, not only would I probably would have tapped and lost the fight, but I probably would have shit my pants if I went out. And you hear about people involuntarily relieving themselves in one way or the other when they go out. Um, so part of me is like, oh, dude, is this girl going to shit her pants? Even before she even gets her back taken. So when she gets her back taken, and I'm like, oh, no. Casey on the looks under there. Oh, no. She doesn't look like she's going to tap. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 um, I felt weird and creepy and, and as well as just sick to my stomach. So I had to avert my eyes because I was like, please, just don't. Just, just let her get out of there safely. And I think she did, but... I, yeah, of course, you know, of course, that's where my head goes, you know, <laughs> like, don't poop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Gretz, if uh, you catch that case, <laughs> you'll take it. All right. So we're going to go 2845. <laughs> right, Jesus Christ. Man, on that note, <laughs> we're going to segue over. We're going to segue over to uh, you know, PFL and Bellator talk, I guess. Not really much to say there. Um I think I took. Uh, I think I took Mulvlin. Uh The line movement flipped. Uh, he was initially the dog, as Palmer was a slight fave. Now it's flipped around. Um, I believe with the point setup, though, doesn't Palmer have to like face fight like really, uh, really aggressive to make it? So like, how does that work? And I don't know, man. Uh, I know Mavlin's training with some guys that we'll talk about here in the UFC uh, breakdown. He looks in shape. Um, so uh, I took him, uh, took Pettis, um, Goatsoff, Harrison, Capaloza, Pacheco. Hey there, Elijah. I was going to go with Jurassic Pagic, but um, took Fabian. Uh, Atreyu. <laughs> Atreyu. Yeah, Gardado. Yeah, um, you know me. You know me, bro. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, uh, then Bellachoa, uh, Fury, Jerry, no, I took Sydney Outlaw, not because he's favored, but also, you know, I don't know why, I just have, like, a thing to, to fade, fear something about, something about Jerry, I don't know, <laughs> what it is, Fury, Jerry, Jerry, Jensen, uh, I think I ended up picking Moldovsky, but man, you know my heart is with, uh, with Timmy Johnson, you know, Timmy Big Dick there, shout out to the analysis. Uh, that's that's one of their nicknames as well, but yeah, um, <laughs> I think I might have submitted that for staff picks, uh, which yeah, no wonder why <laughs> something <look> weird. <laughs> it was late when I do these things, which is the problem half the time. Um, picked Carmouche, but wouldn't mind Watanabe getting that upset. White Gillette dog money is really tempting, especially that he opened as the favorite and that one did a flipperoo, but. It's tough. Like, Diggs isn't young either, but, and it's hard. You know, Weichel hasn't faced a lot of southpaws, at least off the top of my head. Um, and Diggs looks like he really has those level changes, those knees, good takedown defense, weird balance, uh, strong body kick, strong kicking game to help deter as well. Um, and picked up a lot of that stymieing stuff, uh, stuff, but more offensively potent than his uh, southpaw, longtime stablemate there in Benson Henderson. I think he's back in Hawaii uh, for this camp, like his last one because of the Z pandemic. Um, 
Sadoff is training the out there with uh, whoop, Madero. Sorry about that. He's training out there with Maderos or not. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I like what I saw. It's a big step up. Um, it's definitely dogger pass at this point for sure. But I did submit the Diggs pick. I'm going to stick to it. Veitchel is getting up there as well. He's going to be 37 this year. Got a ton of miles. However, I mean, up at 155. And uh, looking to his IG, and the man looks like he is... Uh, He's uh he's changed up his doctors. You know, he's looking good. Um so we'll see. Uh you know, he lost to Goiti Yamauchi. Emmanuel Sanchez can't switch to Southpaw sometimes when he finds first Orthodox. Um do I see any other Southpaws? I'm scrolling down. Des Green, he actually RNC. There's a Southpaw, so one and one, I suppose. But now we're getting into a decade at that point. I don't know if Musa Kumanayev was a Southpaw, but he hooked him, so it really doesn't matter. Um and yeah, just going back down, Dan Hardy was not. Um, Paul Daly was not. Thiago Tavares was not. Those are the notable guys, and those were, of course, losses, and we're going way back. Back in the time. Da, baby, da, baby, da, baby. Um, sorry, yeah. 90s flashback there. So I took digs, not super confident, especially with Weichel's dog money now and looking. Um, looking like he's uh, looking like he changed up his schnitzel. He switched up his schnitzel regiment uh, going into this one. <laughs> and don't make fun of the schnitzel, then. Please don't. Uh, it is not funny. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, uh, and then uh, that's 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 really about it. Not much. Uh, Bobby Lee Sorenbach. Uh, I took Sorenbach. Yeah, not much to say there. Let's let's kick it over to UFC at 33, shall we? Um. Yeah. All right. UFC Fight Night 190. UFC Vegas 30. UFC uh, Fight Night. Uh, is it Volkov versus? Uh, it's Gone versus Volkov. Gone. Gone where? Uh, Cyril Gone minus 155 and Alexander Volkov plus 130. Um, I'm essentially taking uh, you know, as as my Goodwill Hunting. Uh, quote and tweet uh, may have pretended. Uh, I'm, I'm taking uh, Volkov here. Uh, even though Gan in the clinch and being the better grappler and well-rounded fighter was enough to was what, for me to pick him over Rosenstruck, and is why that played out as the way it did not. It did. Uh, he still um, had difficulty taking Rosenstruck down. I didn't like a lot of his entries and the reliance on the things he was trying to do. Um, and maybe it would stand a chance against an older version of Volkov, but even the last time he was wrestled against Curtis Blades, he actually quietly really did well and had a lot of answers that um, uh, if he was able to do that with Blades, he should be fine against Gon. And um, Volkov, although he's been hurt in the clinch, like uh, that massive uppercut he got on Tim Johnson, which uh, he, Tim Johnson won that fight. Not just betting buys, but uh, Ed Gallo said so, folks. So, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't listened to that podcast yet, but shout to Ed and that podcast that he does where he reviews um, like robbery stuff and whatnot. But uh, Fight Site podcast for you before I slaughter the title. It's good. It's a good show. It's a good show. It's a good show. Um, it's fun. Uh, no, it's, it's great. Uh, but yeah, I believe he thinks so too. But yeah, no, Volkov's gotten better um, in the clinch, uh, and uh, he's also bulked up. You know, speaking of switching up the, uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been pouring in. He's been he's been pouring into the pierogies more. Dan, why do you have to be racial with food? Come on, we uh, we 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 we're supposed to be being sensitive here. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, but he's he switched up his doctors too. Apparently, no, he's he's looking great. He's looking thick. You know, he beefed up the stingray and the tattoo. He beefed up the canvas for said tattoo. 
Uh, you know, uh, he still has a love for the ocean, as I see that walking in the... I go to his Instagram where he's walking down a point. Yes, that is me, to walk down a point. How many accents are you going to do on this podcast? I don't know, folks. I walk with slippers. Who's, who's, going, to, who's going to question uh, with me with slippers? Yes, I, I wouldn't know Volkov who would question you wearing slippers, big giant Russian man. Um... <clears throat> In Soviet Russia, world forks you. Uh, no, um, but uh, I, I think that he's uh, he's going to be able to compete in the clinch there. Um, Gon will go a lot from southpaw at distance. I'm going to be curious how he does with size parity because he doesn't really have to face that despite being a big heavyweight. And as the commentary is making fun of, poking fun of Gon for, is that he doesn't see himself as a big heavyweight. Now, a lot of that could be taken out of context, second language, language translation, of course. However... Uh, if any of that is kind of true, and no matter how serious or overblown it could be, part of that, you do got to wonder, if he does not, if there's any truth to that, or any size insecurity for being such a big man, uh, not that it's worrisome, which, you know, on principle it could be, but again, I'm not going to overblow it to that extent, but size parity is a real thing, and it's a real question mark that many fighters have to, even the good ones, um, have to answer, and somewhat, even the good ones, provide somewhat surprising answers for uh, and if you look how massive Volkov looked against like a 6'5 heavyweight um, or 6'4, 6'5 heavyweight in Alistair Overeem, uh, it, it was insane, right? So it could really bring that about. Um, again, add in the improved wrestling. Uh, and uh, yeah, Southpaw looks. He likes to fight at distance with Southpaw, like I was saying. And Alexander Volkov's had done really well and had a lot of recent looks against Southpaws. So the size parity, the Southpaw looks, none of these things should really throw off um, Volkov. And he has fast enough hand speed and good enough uh, retreating footwork to hit counters and not get overly, like, you know, Dutch hand trapped and uh, hand parried and a little, you know, uh, allow Gon to play sticky hands with him, you know. Um, and I don't think he's going to, again, Gon gone as fast but i don't think he's gonna blow him out of the water with speed so i was a bit surprised to see not uh, gone favored maybe not because he's hype and undefeated but for it to be uh move toward him being more favored not that he's drastically favored at minus 155 but to see that line move from the way of volkov um and now it's coming back down to earth it looks like i grabbed it at plus 140 which seemed to be a real nice peak there but i think the fact that i think that he uh Opened at plus 115 for a reason, you know. And even that would have been worth a, worth a squeeze. Uh, but I know it's heavyweight MMA. But again, like, the better fighter in all phases who's, you know, uh, who's who's very used to that small cage now, um, I, I think I think it's going to suit Volkov better. For sure. Um, so I went ahead and th th uh, laid down a unit on a Volkov at plus 140. Uh, next fight, a uh, Tanner Bowser's. I'm going to add that to the Davy Grant list for many of you. This <laughs> uh, uh, is uh, Tennessee, 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 OSP. Oh, yeah. Uh, OSP, OSPP time. Uh, Jesus, Dan, come on. I'm just saying the man looks like he... he Pack some power, but does that power gonna translate at heavyweight, folks? That's the question. We know we know OSP packs, but is it translated heavyweight? You know, um, his gas tank was able to, despite carrying the extra weight. Uh, he was meaning for a light heavyweight fight, so he doesn't exactly have to cut. So I imagine it's gonna be an in shape OSP. He's not facing the biggest heavyweight. However, it's an active heavyweight. He's got active footwork, a really tough chin. 
Um, and, uh, you know, um, I know he got taken down by Latifi, uh, but, you know, Latifi, that's his thing. <laughs> Uh, but you know, can he can OSP get the takedowns here? He's got to be wrestler OSP. He's in the small cage. Um, if he takes Bozer down, maybe he can make something happen. I think if I think this is kind of dogger pass or like OSP by sub. Uh, however, again, I think the dynamic here, generally, no matter what side you're on, is um, OSP has to finish, and he's up at heavyweight, and it's a durable heavyweight. Uh, you know, and OSP is just one of the most more inconsistent fighters. You never know where he's at. He's still down at Knoxville. The posts are few and far between. It says he's, you know, in the lab, but, he, you know, and he's a big boy. He's only getting bigger and older and thicker, you know, so I don't know how, you know, I don't know how in shape he's going to be, especially now that he doesn't have to cut. Uh, I took Bozer here. Tanner Bozer. Um... You know, I feel like uh, if you wanted to play OSP, um, again, like a, you know, OSP either straight up at dog money uh, or just you know, kick for coverage there. Or uh, specifically, I think the sub could have some value. What is he? Uh, is it a, at least a juicy number for OSP plus 290 inside the distance? Okay, that's uh, double almost for his money line. That's almost worth it just alone right there. And... Um, OSP by plus 450, okay. Uh, but a way to hedge however angle you take on OSP perhaps is maybe um, maybe the over. Um, I, I know over over two and a half, you know, it's got to go two and a half. But again, durable heavyweight, that's Bozer minus 140. Still technically, you know, a cheaper price than a Bozer minus 150. I was seeing earlier in the week to the Bozer boner to the Bozer minus 185 now. So again, instead of playing Bozer, play the over. If you want to play Bozer or hedge your OSP player, OSP by sub or OSP inside the distance play with Bozer OSP uh, over. Um, that's uh, for minus 140 at two and a half. That's my recommendation. I played neither. <laughs> uh, I may actually sprinkle on that OSP by sub and that uh, over hedge as well. So we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, next fight. Um Andre Feely minus 225, Daniel Pineda plus 190. Uh, I like Feely here. Uh, Pineda can do or die fighter. He can gas. Down at 145, I don't know if that's better or worse. It's like better because he's got to do running, but Pineda's quietly older and has got a lot of miles too, so that's a harder thing to fix. Um, that being said, uh, I, I, you know, I... I do feel like the line says Dogger Pass, but the matchup really calls for Feely. Not just that dynamic, but uh, Feely does have an underrated double leg that I shouldn't be underrated at this point. Daniel Pineda does have a really good guillotine. I think that's the one thing um, to watch for. Uh, Pineda, you know, f pressures him and forces a, a bad shot. That's his path to victory to get it done early, under one and a half uh, for Pineda um, by sub. Um, I don't know if he knocks him out clean, that one, like a, a one shot, you know. Like, uh, if he throws anything as dynamic as, a, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, Yair Rodriguez, I think he can rack him and make him shoot. So Pineda sub, Pineda early. But uh, I don't think Pineda is going to be able to do the leg kicks that he likes to pressure guys because Feely can fight from both stance really well. He jabs really well from both stance. Counters with twos, counters with double legs, um, movement, move move lateral. So, again, a lot, of, a lot of things that may make a hard target for the leg kicks for as long as Pineda's gas tank will tend to last. So I'll take Feely here 
but I don't know if I'm as confident. Um, I think you'll be you're gonna be sweating, clenching some some butthole if you uh, parlay him. Uh, next fight, uh, Kennedy and Chekwu uh, minus one twenty five. Danilo Marquez plus one hundred five. Um, I came into this one leaning Kennedy, but then ended up taking Marquez because I'd made the mistake before where I didn't bother to look up Marquez and I missed a really easy um, win, dog money, sub uh, prop, etc. Right, and. You forget because he went to a decision against Cadis Ibragamov, who's terrible, uh, even though he beat him, I believe. But, like, it's you got to remember that was, like, his debut. I don't know, short notice, the travel. And that was that weird car. It was, like, 3 in the morning, and everybody was fighting like shit. So, and there was a bunch of cage grabs, too, that prevented the finishing positions, that reversed his finishing positions early. So then he runs out of gas, and they just end up having, like, a staring contest, right? And he still wins, uh, I believe. I'm going to just double-check to make sure I'm not thinking out of my ass here. Uh, but the guy, like, he uh, is a Damian Black Belt uh, under same under either Damian Maia or Damian Maia's trainer. Trains with a lot of uh, good people in Brazil. And looks like he's been spending the last, not just this training camp, but even, even beyond, at King's MMA. Uh, Rafael Cordero which is good, his stand-up. You know, he actually can wrestle. He can hit singles and, you know, turn the pipe. It's a bit mechanical, you know, uh, or, you know, a bit, bit you know, um, disjointed at parts and not the smoothest. But it, it, for that weight class, it's very good <laughs> for light heavyweight. Um, so the striking would be something that he needs to work on. And he's going against the southpaw, and he's, going in, and he's training at a very southpaw-friendly camp. Guys like Vittori, he was one of Vittori's guys for his last camp just recently. So not just a southpaw friendly camp, but actual notable southpaws, actual coaches who know how to coach and train southpaws, train against them. Um, so, yeah, he's doing that between that and Brazil, uh, stateside in Brazil. Um, give me a Danilo Marquez. I don't, I don't care that he's 35. He won't be 36 till the end of the year. Uh, Kennedy's green, and he had that fight with, uh, you know, a fellow fantasy Jewish fight league, Ober. And he just... Like the, the the amount of the IQ there, you know. I think my man Safe Side is gonna be losing a losing a you know. I don't even want to say burst in an annual. Now I'm like now I'm like super sensitive to the people who use that example. I'm not gonna be the police and be like you can't use that. It offends me. But you know, fuck I'm fuck man. I was shit that happened to my mom and now that I gotta watch out for that stuff. I'm like Ugh. And I'm weird about using that example. But yeah, I think my man Safe Side is gonna be uh losing it and i love safe coach safe he's he's awesome by the way and i hate picking against this guy so don't hate me coach safe if you're listening but um i actually took a shot at marquez i'm gonna wait for the marquez by sub uh one of my houses doesn't have him by dog money and the props aren't dropped yet so um hopefully i can snatch him for dog money in the other house that i play at and if not i'm gonna be looking to hit that uh sub but i got uh, marquez at plus 100 uh one unit um all right next fight is uh we got oh tim dirty bird means minus 140 nicholas dalby uh plus 115 um yeah uh, again man uh, the second coming of skinny pete from breaking bad you know if you you plugged in skinny pete to the to the to the i know kung fu machine from the matrix like this is tim means baby uh, i just posted up i'm going back to some old fights and i, I posted him first uh freaking um, Spencer Fisher and the commentary they're like Tim Means recently hit in the face with a shovel lost a lot of teeth Tim Means was uh, shot in the leg once still managed lost a lot of blood almost died but still managed to throw the assailant through the window <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches over in MMA and like I said and I mean that endearingly hopefully nobody got offended uh, 
but uh it is it is it is it is like the scrappy it is the era of right now it is it is the machita era it's time for like uh scrappy skinny white dudes to just fucking rise up just shirt off shirt off shirt off uh you know uh and uh and you know fuck shit up uh no I, yeah i think tim means man uh, by the way he 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 looks like he's really in a you know good place coaching kids wrestling you go to his ig i love it man uh love it um I, 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 you guys know me i'm always a hardcore tim means fan been, been a fan of his, his striking and his underrated grappling you know uh, he's, he was going for shots even back then although it got him submitted against spencer fisher you gotta wonder the state of his ankle but you know again this guy's been shot hit in the face with shovel he he, he takes a licking and keeps on ticking to steer the big nog phrase uh you know anointed on him by his manager at suarez there but um yeah so um i actually went tim means here but i get the line movement i wasn't a confident pick uh, because Dalby looks like in the shape of his life, you know, rejuvenated, even though Dalby himself is 36, going to be going on 37, which is Tim Means' age, obviously. Surprise to no one. Tim Means has more miles than his opponent, right? More miles than Dalby. So Dalby has less miles. Uh, however, Dalby, uh, you know, he is the South Paul fault line. It's going to be tested, you know? I unloaded on D-Rod, and I got swayed by the commentary, and I thought that, you know, uh, it was a loss. You know, that, and you, know, you guys don't understand me. Again, with the, another reason why my scorecards may have been off with the uh, zombie to your guys' liking, because when I like a guy and or play, I'm the opposite, where I'm bi instead of bias, and I'm like, he won, my guy won every round. I'll be like, mm, I don't know, I think he really has to, like, you know, slice his juggler and hold his kids up for ransom and then maybe i'll give him the 10-9 like i almost like overdo it the other uh, the other other way <laughs> like you know like as a as an instructor and a teacher i was the same way i was harder on the kids i liked i don't know if that's good but it's just what a, if i'm being honest right um so i think i did a lot of that because when you rewatch especially with the actual scoring criteria in mind you could argue a 30 27 if not it should have been 29 28 rodriguez and many people in the night you know, as you guys do, when I get gypped by these bad scorecards, as I tend to do, um, I tend to be on these fights. Unfortunately, I'm a stupid, and uh, you guys are like, dude, you were, you were. If it makes you feel any better, any consolation, which I do appreciate, folks. But yeah, I do see your point more now. I was probably just trying to like not make any excuses and just move on the night of. But as I rewatched it, I'm like, no, there was a point. Yeah, there was a lot of. No, I don't think I was trying to make you feel better on that. Like, no, that that, that should have been D Rod. Uh, so it's weird. The South Paul fault line. Like, I think. Um, Alex Oliveira, like, wipes out every southpaw he faces up until, like, very recently. Um, whereas Dalby, he is, like, technically, he is 1, 3, and 2. And the 1 and the 2 have asterisks. He's 1, 3, and 2 against southpaws. But the 2, one's a draw to Darren Till. Where, uh, you know, Darren, you know, he, you know, uh, you know, the only way Dolby gets back into that fight because Darren, you know, dislocates an arm for the last half of the fight to get that draw, right? Uh, the other is a no contest against Jesse Ronson, who, you know, pieced him up, uh, you know, uh, uh, pieced him up hard. And then um, the one win was, again, Daniel Rodriguez, which he probably lost. So he's won three and two officially against UFC level Southpaws, but Dolby probably should be 0 5 in one again the one being a draw to a one-armed man who's a one-armed who was a one-armed man before he was literally a one-armed man darren till <laughs> so you know what i'm back on the south south ball fault line baby uh which is why i'm picking tim means and i wasn't gonna play him but 
So listen, if I'm being honest, I was going to wait till he got to even money, and that's what I'm telling you here. And in one house, I am waiting. But in the other, I wasn't thinking, and I played him at minus 130. I laid the chalk, which I shouldn't have. I was going to wait till even or plus money to see if the line flipped because he did open as a 2-1 to one favorite. But I don't think we're going to get to plus money. I was maybe thinking optimistically even, but I don't think we're going to get much lower than minus 130. So if you can get minus 130 or lower, I say pull the trigger. Uh, because now I feel less bad about pulling the trigger in one house at minus 130, uh, because now I'm seeing he's moving training back up to minus 140. So do not follow me off this cliff, folks. But I will say I think Tim Means was fair, favored fairly for a reason, and uh, you get anywhere near even money for a guy that opens 2-1 to one with actual statistical backing. And I went back and I also watched the Perry fight. He still has his eyes are still working. Even when he does take a hard shot, which, you know, you got to be one of these hitters, which Dalby is not. Um, he's still on point. Uh, again, I know Rogan was overcorrecting because everybody was blown away from Mike Perry's grappling, which I was telling you guys was good or, you know, much better than you realize from clench to takedowns to top position uh, pre-Mickey Gall. Um, again, everyone overcorrects the steering wheel, judges as well as sometimes commentators, and Rogan was doing a lot of that with the Mike Perry thing making things out to be, you know, worse than they were. And, again, underrating kind of Tim Means grappling. Not that he meant to, but, you know, again, Tim Means is a bit sensitive to that. has a chip on his shoulder, and for good reason. He's he's, he's better there than given credit for. Um, Tim Means was able to work out of that and then even defend a lot of shots. And even when he got hit hard, kind of woozy, uh, still had a really good turn the hips, uh, turns his hips, widens his base, Hits the overhook, looks to break a grip. Like he does all those things in unison amidst the flurry after getting hit by a guy like Perry. Um, so I think he's going to be okay for Dalby's point scoring takedowns, which he had a hard time doing even against Daniel Rodriguez. Um, you know, not that Rodriguez is terrible, but, you know, he's it's not like the strongest point of his game. Underrated there, sure, but not notable. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's Tim means here. So I, I did lay it at minus minus one thirty. I'm going to hopefully wait for it to go back down to the minus minus one thirty range or lower for, I, I pull the trigger. If not, I won't be upset about not pulling the trigger because it feels like an avoid. And I don't blame people uh, who played that initial dog line on Dalby, but according to not talking about BS, you know, UFC.com stance, I'm actually talking about thoughtful, meaningful stats that I give out on this here podcast or scrounge up myself for y'all. Um, according to those ones. Yeah. Tim Means should win this fight. Uh, oh, and he goes to the body a lot consistently. Knees, front kicks, even post his ankle injury as well, of course, with his punches. And against a guy who is kind of the more karate stance and will be more, a little more in and out, um, the body and legs are going to be there. Tim Means doesn't exactly go for legs a lot, but he is a consistent body attacker. Um, he's, you know, uh, so I, I um, you know, so I, I, I like that a lot. So I'm on Tim there. Um, next fight, Hanato Moikano minus 250, Jai Herbert plus 200. Tough run of matchmaking for Herbert, man. Um, I think I was listening to a severe MMA podcast or something. Shout out to Sean Sheehan regardless. But he was saying something about, like, who the hell did Jai Herbert F to... What do you do to the matchmakers, right? I like Moikano here, but I think because of how both guys fought, uh, I think they're going to be a bit safer. Um, which means point fighting Moikano, I like actually... I, I don't like better... As stylistically appeasing to my eye, but as far as for him getting wins for who he is, I feel like that's the best thing, which is why I did not like him against a guy like Fiziev, and Fiziev was going to push his S in. 
um, and was rah on that. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I've, I just haven't been on high as Marcano as others, and I'm not throwing shade at him or others. I'm just saying I haven't been as high on him, right, as, as, as a lot of people, whom I respect, by the way. Uh, but I believe, Jai, doesn't Jai Herbert have a loss to the one guy that Khamsat Shamayev beat, which somehow demands him only top-level bookings, which we need to get the hell over that? Um, who is that guy who jumps between lightweight and welterweight? Tall, skinny guy. Uh, so he's like a, a bigger version, a taller version of Moicano, right? Was my Moicano's a 145, 155, but tall, skinny with some muscle on that frame. Uh, I better look this up. People are going to be screaming the podcast because I'm always that guy. Um, but he lost to him. Yep, Reese McKee. And I remember actually going back to watch that fight. He got KO'd by him. But also, even... Um, I believe I believe he didn't even do too well against the Cajun. The brief grappling instances, uh, if memory serves, when I watched that when I went back to watch that fight um, a while back. Uh, so uh, that's not going to be good against a guy like Moicano, which means Moicano may be able to take him down um, and perhaps finish him. But I think he may just take him down in the point scoring effect. Again, both the guys got got uh, eaten up in their last fight. So I'll go Moicano here. Um, I feel like it'll be a safer, less clenchy of a butthole type of fight if you wanted to put him in a parlay piece for that same exact price that he's listed as, almost uh, almost same, I should say, as Andre Feely. So in that sense, it's safer, but in still no way do I am I going to tell you to put either of those minus two, uh, two, two, uh, two somethings in, uh, in parlay. So be careful. Um, as much as I, I want to say this next guy for that 225 place you can throw in your parlay, only because I'm a big Barcelos mark. Uh, Valiev looks like he's in shape. He's been training with the Mulvid guy and whatnot uh, down in that camp. Uh, Valiev's weird, man. It's like he doesn't, like, no master of sports wrestling or this or that. Or the, the, he actually went to college, like, to be an accountant. But he just came up training in Dagestan. He was very well-rounded. Uh, but, you know, for me, not so much to write home about. Kind of well-rounded. And uh, so... Uh, I like the more aggressive, offensively potent, well-rounded. Barcelos brings to the table with his wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and striking. So uh, Barcelos all day for me. I would forgive you probably the most for using him as a parlay piece. But again, these don't feel like parlay piece material because it still feels disrespectful to the opponents here. So, yeah, mira so. Um, Jesus, you lost the arch, Dan. You lost the arch. Oh, we're back. Um Shavkat Rachmanov, uh, Shavkat, uh, minus one, 300 versus Michel, call him Michel, uh, uh Mini Verdum, Mini Verdum, uh, Bopa, Bopa Verdum, uh, plus 240, um, the 5'6 welterweight, I'm going with Shavkat here, um, he's going to have plenty of options to hit his guillotine, but I'll be curious if he can, or if he tries to, um, on the, uh, you know, accoladed Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt that is, uh, Tractor, Michelle Pajeras. Um, Michel. But I also like uh, Shavecat's uh, striking, although I don't know how much his left hook's going to have play against a guy who wants to take him down, much less a shorter guy. Uh, so let's see if he does more counter-wrestling stuff, like uh, knees up the middle, front kicks. Um, and uh, he looks like he's training with some mean cats out in his... Uh, his country of, uh, is it Uzbek? He's Uzbek, right? He's strong Uzbek. Uh, this is country of origin. Kazakhstan. He fights out of Kazakhstan, but he was born in Uzbek. He is strong Uzbek, yes. Um, so I'm going to go with, uh, 
with Shavkat here. He's another guy who I, I wouldn't blame you for parlaying. Michelle looks like he's in Michelle shape, like normal. Time off, but he is he's much older. I think he's like 40 or he's going to be 40 very soon. So, yeah, give me Shavkat. I, yeah, give me Shavecat. He's, he's probably a more suitable parlay piece. You know who else is a suitable parlay piece? I'm probably too stubborn to admit it because I was shit on this guy. It's Vorley Alves, minus 250. Came, come back on Jeremiah Wells, plus 198. Um, Alves looks in good shape. Uh, he's been impressing me, I believe, uh, as of late. He hasn't been a habitual clock checker as much, although I believe you can still get that out of him. Um, I don't know if Jeremiah Wells is going to be the guy to do that. Um, I'm going to pull up his uh, Protofile uh, right quick. Um, who did Worley Alves face last? Pulling him up here. Yeah, Munir Lezez. Uh, yeah, obviously impressed me there. And was he originally supposed to face uh, Jeremiah? As I'm at, not asking you folks. I'm just clearly prepared. Clearly, hey, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Give me a break. I think he was supposed to face Ram. No, he was supposed to face Ram. He was supposed to face Ramzan Amiv. So Jeremiah Wells coming in last minute. Um, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He doesn't have a profile, so I'm gonna skip it. But man, Wardley Alves is parlay material. All right, cause they don't rhyme, Dan. Okay. Um. Yeah. Wardley Alves. Probably a parlay piece there, too. No, I don't want to admit it. Uh, Marcin Prachniau, uh, minus 190. Uh, not much has moved. Ike Villanueva, plus 160. I took Ike here just because he's experienced enough. Most of his TKL losses came like a while ago in circumstances, up divisions, uh, grappling-based TKOs, except cuts, um, etc. They're very excusable, so the five does not look as bad. And even though Pragnia was able to win a decision against my guy Khalil, um, uh, still not, uh, I still can't trust him after just showing like orc-like behavior of running into walls. So um, I'm going to go Villanueva. So uh, yeah, I did not play him even though it is dog money. Um, or did I? I sprinkle maybe a, a half unit in one house. Um but yeah, the, the, nothing crazy, nothing big. If, just a sprinkle type thing. You don't have to follow me off that cliff, folks. Uh, Julia Avila, minus 375. Uh, Julija Storialenko, minus plus 280. This feels like it should be a parlay piece, but Avila, maybe because she's asked the bed before. And in these divisions, uh, your luck can change just that fast. It's like Vegas slash heavyweight MMA, folks. So I picked Avila, but I'm staying away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. Um... I feel like that's a you know the parlay piece that could crash on you if you're not careful. Uh, I didn't research it, so I can't say. But I picked Avila. Um, Charles, Bo yo yo yo, this is mental from Boston, Miss. Uh, Boston strong, Charles Rosa minus one seventy five. Justin James plus one forty five. Man, rooting for my guy Justin's. I know I'm biased here. Um, I know he he made the best account for himself. I know he's been real hard on himself, and people on the internet have been real hard on him. And he's had to experience that. Uh, I hope it, he didn't let that get the better of him. Uh, seems like he's real focused this camp. God, please, Justin, please just throw your damn leg kicks that I still feel to this day. They're so good. They're so brutal. And against an in-and-out guy like Charles Rosa, who's going to be the orthodox stance, he's going to be asking for it. Um, I'm biased here. I pick Janes, and I play Janes. And I tell you why, because he can win decisions. And, uh, 
but it's got to be guys that bring out the dogfight, big hitters, big finishers, and Charles Rosa isn't except for the submission department. And I feel like you're going to have to rock Janes to submit him. Um, uh, Janes, you know, wrestler, uh, BJJ black belt, longtime brown. He's like a brown belt for a decade kind of a guy. I believe he got his black belt too now, uh, unofficial, but he's a real mean submission grappler. And, uh, you know, his gas tank can be questionable, but again, his motivation is at an all-time high. Um, is this fight at welterweight, so, or featherweight, where he should be? I know he hates cutting the weight, but it's where he should be, slash, you know, again, he's young, so you're going to get probably a much better, uh, yep, 145. You know, is he's gonna be in his best shape? And Charles Rosa, between not being a hitter, not being a dog fighter, and being that in and out kind of points, points, pointsy on the outside, which I believe, and I love Charles Rosa. I love karate. I love. I'm not hating on that style, but I believe it's ingrained at this point in Charles Rosa's career, who's quietly older and you know has been fighting for a while. Um, I feel like he's gonna do that, and that's not gonna tire out Janes. So unless Janes, you know. Um, Unless he, he really just lands the perfect shot and and, 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 and and gets a kind of lucky shot and capitalize, I'm not sure James is going to, you know, fall asleep at the wheel enough, uh, you know, uh, to give him a submission. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think, you know, I think James gets, especially small cage, that, that, that benefits James, a power puncher, uh, wrestler, top guy, uh, over um, over Rosa, and again, James only been submitted once, and uh, I don't. He's only has like a, a few amateur fights listed, um, and I think he was submitted like back in like '09. Oh, uh, Matt Church, uh, 2011. I was at that fight, but it was one of those things. It was like uh, what do you call uh, Josh Koshtek and uh, who's that guy, the master? Um, fuck, Kenny Florian fought him back in the day. Uh, it, where he throws the round kick and the knee hits. It's one of those brutal knockouts where the knee hits you, like Aljo and uh, Marlon Marais as well. Um, I'm going to look up that name now. And the knee hits you, and uh, James was pretty much knocked out and then got submitted. So it was pretty much was a knockout, but then the guy jumped on the sub. So it was, uh, it was one of those things. So um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't uh, hold it... Uh, Two two or Drew Fickett, that's who it was. Drew the Master Fickett, um, and he lost by RNC on that one too. See, Josh Koshak lost the same way, but it was actually the, uh, I believe it was the kick uh, to the head. So that was one of those. So yeah, Jane's very tough guy to submit. In other words, sorry, long-winded there, and I know I'm biased, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's I, I I put a half unit on uh, Jane's. You have to follow me off that cliff, but I actually could back up the pick there. Uh, next fight, um, Hadzevich, minus 150, plus 122. I believe I was talking about this fight with my man, uh, Gabe Killian, out there. Shouts to Gabe. Uh, he, uh, was asking me what I thought of this fight when it first got booked, before a line came out, and I said, I would expect it to be pretty much even, and that's where your confidence level should be, regardless. Um, but lines have to open, and I believe Madero's probably would, or at least should be opened as a slight favorite, and it would probably be go even in the line with battle for people with opinions. And it still is a battling for an opinion fight. People on both sides. But um, I was right on the opening. But I was not wrong on the movement, which made me happy. So I played Madero's fight didn't happen. And then they saw that people were putting Mayan Hadzovic. Opened him up slightly higher, as they tend to do. 
as these you know these bookmakers you sure as shit they're taking taking their cues from the money in the market and where we're putting our money folks and they're gonna get get out of jail free cards and take advantage of it every time they can but we went and obliged them and y'all laid them down to now Hadzovich is up to minus 150 and I don't think you should be there and if anybody's been a defender of Hadzovich Hadzovich it's been me since I've been you know playing them and since I've been fading before uh you know, fade Maribek Tyson off. Uh, not every fight, but I was suspect of that guy, and, and I went for Hadzovic for a, for a random upset. And of course, he ended up getting that kind of style upset against Marcin Held. Marcin Held. Um, but yeah, Hadzovic is definitely my guy. I like him, man. Uh, he trained at Rumble Sports. I think he tra- changed up training for this one because he um, was down here, right, and he had to change things up. Whereas Medeiros, I think he went back to Hawaii. Although Nate Diaz was up in his. Uh, Perfect segue, right? Nate Diaz was up in his uh, comments on IG when, when the fight got canceled. Nate Diaz is the first comment. Yeah, yeah, I come to NorCal. Basically, my next door. Um, I'm sure that's exactly how he sounded again. But uh, yeah, uh, so I don't know if Yancey obliged him. Uh, but I do like Medeiros here. Um, the, the length uh, parody, I like that Medeiros, you know, Again, he fights till he's burger. Skinny guys fight till they're burger. And Maderos may not be the skinny white too, but uh, he's a scrappy Hawaiian, and we can't we can't question them either, right? Uh, and uh, I do like that he's only fought once in the last two years. That's a lot of time to rest the chin. Maderos has been out there for a minute. He came over from the Strike Force days, folks. So I like him up at uh, I like him down at uh, 155 actually because he's you know he he uh, he's in great shape for those fights. And again, you see him, he looks big, but at the same time, you look up next to Nate Diaz, who's a giant. Uh, Nate Diaz actually looks much bigger than him. And Nate fought 55, and you could argue still has his best performances there. So, yeah, I don't have issue with Madero's cutting down to 155. He does it much better, too, at this point of his career. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't think Hazovich can be able to take him down. Madero's really underrated wrestling you have to be like gregor gillespie status you know even gregor was giving him props that he was the hardest guy as far as counter wrestling get-ups um he gave yancey a lot of credit gregor did so uh, he's not gonna get out wrestled here he I don't think he's gonna get out grappled um despite hadzovich having underrated grappling himself but as, as but that's only underrated as far as like hadzovich started his, his brazilian jiu-jitsu and weightlifting like before he even got into striking um so unless hadzovich gets a knockout I think Yancey Medeiros wins this fight on the ground, on the feet, on the scorecards. So you're going to give me plus money, and you all going to double down on it. I took Medeiros at plus 120 for a unit. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. Okay, so, uh, oh, and then uh, James Rosa. You don't have to follow me on that one, by the way. But the over moved down from minus 115 to minus 105 to practically even money over 2.5. And I think I'm going to play that. I'm going to lay that um, as a hedge. And that could just be a good angle if you're not confident on either guy. Or if you're following me off the cliff, a good way to hedge at, you know, or hedge either way if you are semi-confident. Maybe if you are semi-confident, you shouldn't, you know, anyways, you should be hedging. But anyways, um, over 2.5 because I think that they both guys, I think James can win a decision too. But the over is definitely more of a hedge toward the Rosa side. Obviously, he's more probable to win the decision, obviously, but... Still, I feel still feel like James is, 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 is capable of winning decision here. If judges are keeping that same energy, going with um, damage. So I did write that down. 
All right, so we're going to recap. How do we do on time? Not that I should worry. 111, not too bad. It's not like we're expediting. I'm early for you folks. All right. Uh, I'm not going to recap Bellator, PFL, nothing worth. I'm not playing anything there. So recapping UFC. Taking Volkov over Gone. Gone where? Taking Tanner Bowser over OFP Tennessee. OFP Tennessee. Taking Andre Feely over Dan Daniel Pineda. Taking Daniel Marquez over Kennedy Nischekwu. Taking Tim, the Dirty Bird Mean. Second coming to Skinny Pete over this Nicholas Dalby. Taking Hanato Moicano over Jai Herbert. Taking Hayoni Barcelos over Timor Valiev. Taking Shavekat Rachmanov over Michel Perseres. Taking Warley Alves over Jeremiah Wells. Taking Ike Villanueva over Marcin Prakniao. Taking Julia Avila over Julija Storielenko. Taking Justin Janes over Charles Boston Strong. Uh, Rosa. <laughs> Sorry. Taking uh, Yancy Medeiros over Demir Hadzovich. Uh, I played Volkov uh, at straight. Uh, plus 140 at one unit. Played Madero straight, plus 120 at one unit. Played Marquez straight, plus 100 at one unit. Sprinkled a half unit on Villanueva, plus 165. Sprinkled a half unit on my guy Janes at plus 150. Uh, played means at one house, minus 130. Going to see if I can get better money close to even before I lay it on the other house. Uh, you can hedge my pick, your pick, or just take the angle of props, James Rosa, which I'm going to lay for minus 105 over 2.5. Uh, if you want to take OSP or OSP by sub and, and hedge, I think the OSP Bozer over 2.5 um, is worth laying. It's cheaper than Bozer, and it hedges your OSP or OSP angles play, such as submission, submission. Submission. Sorry, we'll fit on the roof shot there. Um, and yeah, Marquez by sub. I'm going to be keeping an eye out for that. Avoid? Question mark, question mark, none. If you see it, take the shot. Take the shot. Just take it. Uh, all right. All right, folks. Amazon again. iTunes. Five star ratings and reviews helps on Apple Podcasts, I should say. YouTube. Like this video. Subscribe below. Daniel Tom MMA for my channel. Uh, MixedMartialAnalyst.com for the. PayPal to do donate uh, if you feel so kind or you know to click through for your Amazon or on it purchases um, I'll catch y'all ne next week with some top fives uh, have a safe weekend good luck on your picks and plays and always protect your next